Welcome to the Rush Hour Podcast. Sit back and relax or hop on the treadmill for the next hour as we talk Saskatchewan Rush Lacrosse. Every month, Jake Elliott will talk with Saskatchewan players, coaches, executive and team personnel about all things Rush Lacrosse. And now, the host of the Rush Hour Podcast, Jake Elliott. What's going on, Rush Nation? I missed you. Man, did I miss you guys. Welcome back to the Rush Hour Podcast, presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln in Saskatoon, your premier. Ford Lincoln dealer in the tune. Make sure you're checking out Ford Lincoln, Merlin Ford Lincoln. If uh, if you need a Ford, you need a Lincoln. Merlin Ford Lincoln is your place to go in Saskatoon. It's Jake Elliott back with you once again for the Rush Hour Podcast. We're going to be bringing this to you once a month, just like we did last year. We're starting a month earlier this year as the season gets going this Friday night down in Denver, Colorado against the Colorado Mammoth. That was no good. Colorado Mammoth, who ended the Rush's season just a year ago, so a chance for some early redemption for Saskatchewan, who looked to pick up their fourth NLL title and get back to the promised land. Uh, you know it was a disappointing end for Saskatchewan last year, and they're going to look to rectify that here for you, Rush Nation, this year, as it's the fifth anniversary year in Saskatchewan. And as you may know, or as you may not know, so I'm here to tell you, when you sign up for Rush Seasons tickets, you get yourself a fifth anniversary jersey. If you haven't seen these things, get out from under the rock you've been living under. And check these things out. They're absolutely gorgeous. As soon as I get to Saskatoon, the first thing I'm doing is heading to the team store. Going to do a little Christmas shopping. And then I'm probably going to pick one of those fifth anniversary jerseys up for myself. Uh, because I think they're that fantastic. I still got to get one of those tractor jerseys from last year as well. As those were a thing of beauty too. I love all the rush. It's one of my favorite things as I get off on attention early in rush hour here. One of my favorite things about going to rush games are not only, you know, getting up to the booth and watching and getting to, to call professional lacrosse and, and seeing the best lacrosse on the planet and in front of the best fans on the planet, but it's to, to kind of walk around the concourse. Like I often do. I don't, I don't get noticed very often. Sometimes I do, but I kind of like just kind of meander through the, the concourse pregame for a little bit and just check out all the different Rush jerseys that have been pumped out over the last four years. And there's a ton of them, and I love that because I, I think it, it gives fans an opportunity to to build their jersey collection, but just to kind of see all the different designs and colors and all the rest of it. Uh, walking around the Sastel Center uh, is is a neat thing to see. So I know there's going to be a ton of those fifth-year anniversary jerseys at Sastel Center this year. Make sure that you get yours, too, and sign up for your Rush Seasons tickets before the season begins. The home opener, December the 14th. Well, um, I'm not sure exactly where to begin here. Training camp, I suppose, is where we should probably begin, and, and training camp now complete. And it was three weeks long, and the rush kind of took a different approach this year. Well, I guess maybe it's a little bit similar, but they held the first week in Saskatoon. It was practice only and, and a chance for the guys to kind of come back and get together and and for the older guys to meet the new guys and the draft picks and, and the free agents. Um, get the legs going again, shake off the rest for a lot of them as well. And, and then the following week, they would come to the Langley Event Center in my neck of the woods as I reside here in, in British Columbia. 
and get some practice time in, but also get a couple of exhibition games in against Diego Seals on, on the Friday and then uh, a practice on Saturday, and then they played the Vancouver Warriors on Sunday afternoon. They came up a little short against the Seals, a 9-6 game for San Diego in that one, and in a game that, well, Derek Keenan said that he wasn't all that disappointed with the effort. He thinks that they just ran into a real hot goaltender in Frank Shiliano and kind of going back over that game in my mind, I tend to agree with the head coach and general manager that that was in fact the case, that I think they were getting lots of chances and the defense held San Diego to nine, just the offense was having a hard time getting the ball in the back of the goal, and that was a lot to do with, with Frank Shiliano. So um, they they had another practice on the Saturday, as I mentioned, and then came out against the Vancouver Warriors and got up to a 4-0 lead in that game very quickly before the Warriors turned things around and went on a, a big run of their own, like an 8-0 run. It took an 8-4 lead, and then Saskatchewan turned things around. They went on a, a seven-goal run of their own. It was a high-scoring affair, real entertaining exhibition game there at the Langley Event Center, and the Rush win that one 16-14. And, of course, head back to Ontario for the final week of training camp where they took on the Toronto Rock at the Toronto Rock Athletic Center and they go on to win that game 13-10. By the way, if you haven't seen this, I kind of saw a stat come out of that game and was thinking to myself, how did this goal even happen? Because it wasn't near the end of a quarter. It came with the rush in the lead but they had an own goal scored against them. And I was thinking to myself, how did this happen? And until I saw the highlights, I realized that it was on a delayed call. And Ryan Keenan, as I'm going to throw Ryan under the bus here a little bit, shot a ball. I either went off the post or off a corner board and ricocheted off and all the way rolled back down the floor as the rush run a, on a delayed call. So they had a six on five going. There was no goaltender in the net. Ryan shoots the ball. It rings off the post, rings off the boards, rolls all the way back down the turf and into his own goal for an empty net goal. Um, as Nick Rose got credit for it. I guess he was the last guy to touch the ball for the rock. So a bit of an odd one there, but a two and one preseason for the Saskatchewan rush. And I think probably pretty satisfying to, Get that two and one record. Not, I mean, it's not the end all, be all on on how you do in preseason. But I think a lot of good signs coming out of that preseason. So a chance for for the new guys to kind of get in there. Justin Robinson, Austin Murphy, Tanner Thompson, Holden Garland, who we'll talk to later. By the way, Chris Corbeil and Holden Garland will be our guests here on episode one of season two of Rush Hour. So look forward to two great conversations with the captain first and then the first overall draft pick, number four overall, and Holden Garland. As the Rush, as I record this on a Monday afternoon, uh, the rosters of all the National Lacrosse League teams just coming out today, and some new faces on the Rush roster. Zach Gould returns for another year. Uh, he'll be on the practice roster, I believe. Of course, uh, Ryan Dilks and Jeff Cornwall coming back into the lineup. There'll be two welcome additions coming back, but some new faces in the lineup as well. I mentioned Tanner Thompson. He'll wear 44. Uh, we also have Justin Robinson, who has selected 53. Austin Murphy, who will wear number 11. The third goaltender will be Cam Dunkerley, who will start on the practice roster. 
And then Holden Garland. And uh, we're going to talk to Holden Garland about the number that he has selected. So I don't want to give that information away too quickly. But some new faces and a couple of returning ones as well, which will obviously help the rush. And uh, we'll hope for Evan Kirk to stay healthy all season long as Adam Shute will be his backup once again this year. Uh, the schedule, I think, the schedule here for the rush, I mentioned it gets going this Friday here for Saskatchewan down in Denver, but I think a real favorable schedule for Saskatchewan this year. They'll play this Friday, then they get a bye the following week before returning home to take on the New England Black Wolves on the December the 14th. As you'll recall, it was the Rush and the Black Wolves to kick off the season a year ago, but that game taking place in New England in a game that Saskatchewan lost. So they'll look for a little redemption first against the Mammoth and then against the Black Wolves. Another bye week after the second game of the year, and then they will head for New York and take on the Riptide on Saturday the 28th. Two more road games to come. Well, two in a row, I should say. The 28th in December against the Riptide, and then we move into January, so another bye week, so game, bye week, game, bye week, game, bye week. Can't ask for much more to start a year here for Saskatchewan to kind of get your feet wet as they'll take on the San Diego Seals January the 12th. And I will be coming out with another Rush Hour podcast in the meantime, probably in between the Black Wolves and the Riptide game. So there'll be two games under the Saskatchewan Rush's belt uh, when we talk again here. And I'll have to decide. Maybe I'll let you decide on who you want to hear from on Rush Hour for Episode 2 of Season 2. And we'll look forward to, I mentioned that that uh, beautiful new 5th anniversary jersey that's going to be rocking around. I'm sure the Rush uh, will be sporting those for a couple of home games for sure. The other thing I wanted to touch on before we get into our conversations here on Rush Hour is uh, i got to give a quick shout-out here to my man, Flats Ryan Flaherty, who will be back play-calling up in the booth at the Sastel Center, and I'll be riding shotgun with Ryan doing the color analyst position once again, but a new person in between the benches for the BR Live broadcast this year. And you'll know her face and name quite well, Rush Nation. It is one Miss Daniela Ponticelli, who will be in between the benches for Rush home games this year on BR Live. So we'll look forward to that having myself and Ryan up in the booth and Daniela down in between the benches for our broadcast. And and if you haven't heard, uh, the radio broadcasts are back this year, Rush Nation. A little bit of a wrinkle to it, however, on the bowl. Back on the bowl, 92.9. Um, they are going to simulcast. So more or less, they'll take our feed on the BR Live feed for home games and put that on the bowl. And then when the Rush are on the road, they'll just take the road feed from the BR Live feed and simulcast that on the bowl as well. So unfortunately, no Dave Thomas on the road or myself, for that matter, on the road for the Rush this season. But you will still be able to hear the Rush on the radio all season long. Home games and road games will be right there on the bowl 92.9. So look forward to that. Well, I think you're cut up. We all know what happened last year. We know now what the schedule is, what the roster is, how training camp went. And I and I think training camp went really well. I, they came in with 
Very small numbers, as Derek Keenan often likes to do. Not a lot of jobs up for grabs, but a lot of inner squad battle for depth chart and, and roster active practice roster. So I think some real good competition there. I think they really like the draft that they had this year with Thompson and, and Garland and Dunkerley. Um, so I think they're really happy with their draft, and I think they're really happy with the way that these guys performed through three weeks of training camp, and now it's time to do it for real down in Denver, Colorado this Friday night. I cannot wait for the season to begin. I'm sure you can't either, and I know the man that we're about to talk to on the other side is eager to get it going as well. We're going to take a quick break here on Merlin Ford Lincoln Rush Hour and be back on the other side with the captain of the Saskatchewan Rush. It's I Love Lucy's Chris Corbeil. On Rush Hour next, keep it right here on Merlin Ford Lincoln Rush Hour Podcast. Hey Rush Nation, this is Kyle Rubish from the Saskatchewan Rush. You are listening to Rush Hour Podcast with Jake Elliott. Welcome back to the Rush Hour Podcast, presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln, which are your premier choice for Ford and Lincoln as far as dealers go in Saskatoon. If uh, if you want to drive a Ford, you want to drive a Lincoln, Merlin Ford and Lincoln is your place to go in Saskatoon for that, as we are now joined by the captain of the Saskatchewan Rush. He is a three-time NLL champion, a three-time world champion. You can throw a man cup in there as well, entering into his 11th season in the National Lacrosse League. Goes by the handle of I Love Lucy's on Twitter. It's Chris Corbeil. Uh, Captain Corbeil, thanks for doing this once again. Welcome back to the Rush Hour Podcast. Oh, thank you very much. It's my pleasure, and thank you very much for that incredible introduction there. That was great. Well, we should probably let fans on the inside. I just asked you all those questions before we started recording here, so you actually uh, gave me all that information. Well, don't, don't blow my cover. Now it's going to sound like I was... Hey, uh, hey, Jaker, make sure you include this. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah no, no. I, I solicited those those answers from you, so it's it's not like you just offered that up voluntarily to me, so don't, don't, don't worry worry about that uh hey listen i appreciate you taking some time here it's i can't believe it man it's it's game week i know it's uh it's well i can believe it it's felt like a long off season but it's finally here and uh i know myself and the rest of the boys are pretty excited about it has it felt like a long off season to you i i know world championships were just over a month ago and and you did get a break in there but going into your 11th year like i wonder how a guy a veteran like yourself prepares himself to to get ready for another NLL season like have you kind of learned well I imagine you've learned something but maybe what is the difference from what you did in your first two three years in the league to what you do now in your last couple three years heading into a training camp yeah this this year was a little bit unique for me too we we did have the world championships was a bit of a good tune-up for me but I'm used to playing throughout the summer, right? right. And uh, I took the summer off from uh, from playing senior lacrosse this year. So how was that? Like, of... how would that? Well, that's different for you. So uh, sorry to catch up, but how how was no that problem. to to all of a sudden change up your routine and take a summer off from from box lacrosse? Well, the body felt great. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah. Usually, 
the NLL playoffs roll right into because I mean we've been fortunate enough to go pretty deep with the rush lately too. So that that rolls right into the the uh, the major season, and then you know you're you're playing the summer the summer league games, which take a toll on your body, and then you're in the summer league playoffs. So it's it's you don't get a ton of time off and this season with the NLL seems to be creeping up sooner and sooner. So in terms of like a physical standpoint, it felt really good, but you know, the first couple sessions I had with uh, team Canada in Langley were, were pretty ugly. A lot of drop passes. Um, the stick wasn't too dialed. That's why I had to grab Matthews and start working that one in. But uh so yeah, a little. I mean, it was different. Like I, physically, I felt good, but in, in terms of my lacrosse ability, um, the the worlds were a great opportunity for me to shake off a little bit of the rust. Yeah, that's a that's a great place to shake the rust off. The world <laughs> championships. Uh, I, I do have the stick listed down on my things that I want to talk to you about, Chris. Uh, for people that haven't seen, you've been you, you you mentioned you came into the world championships. You hadn't picked up your stick. And Mark Matthews sticks usually throw pretty well for you. So you went into to Mark's bag, or Mark went into his bag and kind of chucked you a, a stick, which is a redhead along with a gold shaft. Now, I saw you in, in Langley a couple of weeks ago, and you're still using this wand here through training camp. Are, are, you, actu- are you actually contemplating heading into the season using a red-headed stick and a gold shaft to go along with, with our lime green and black jerseys here? What's going on? Uh, yeah, that's unfortunately, that's going to be the look, at least on opening night. I mean... Uh, You're going to soak I, fines I, all year for this. You realize yeah, that. Kangaroo Court's going to be a bad time for me. I, I think I'm going to soak one, too, for the for you fessing up that I gave you the intro, too. So I'm going to get double hit now. <laughs> um, My bad. My bad. Yeah. Uh, I, I just, once I find something I like, I hate changing. And as you mentioned, I, I throw Mark Stick pretty well. It seems like nobody else wants to throw Mark Stick, though. It's It's shaped like a shovel. It's got not much of a pocket in it and guys hate using it, but I like it. Mark likes it. So I just take all his hand me down. I think the reason Mark just gave me that one was he didn't want to string me up another one while we were over there at the world. Yeah. Like, ah, just take this one. Us. But I don't think he, uh, he imagined I'd be using it for the NLL season, but here we are, we're playing Colorado. So I can get away with the red. It's once we get to like playing any teams with red in their jerseys, mm-hmm. like I can, I can think of one. Yeah, I can think of one uh, yeah, for sure. That, that could prove troublesome at that point, but I, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna rock it. I'm sure I'll get chirped from both teammates and uh, opponents alike for it, but uh, I'm just gonna roll with it. Hey, if uh, if it's working, then I don't think anyone's gonna complain too hard about it. Uh, as we speak with Chris Corbeil here, and I, and I don't know if I've ever asked you this, Corbs. How did how did you start playing lacrosse? Because I know you kind of came from a, a bit of a hockey background, but I would imagine growing up, the two kind of went hand in hands lacrosse in the summer hockey in the winter but how how did a lacrosse stick find your hands as a youngster yeah you were right on it was through hockey actually um so there's a, a player by the name of kevin brownell he's an assistant captain i believe in uh with the with the buffalo bandits this season and he was my age and we played uh rep hockey together in Burlington, Ontario, and I think it was our first or second year to get playing together. Our our dads got along pretty famously, and 
his dad happened to be the coach of the uh, the minor lacrosse team in town. So he was recruiting some of the hockey guys to play, and my dad figured that lacrosse would probably be a little more exciting than the T-ball. And like I said, he got along pretty well with uh, Kevin's dad, Duncan. So we uh, we figured we'd give it a shot for a summer, and I fell in love with it. My dad really liked the sport, and uh, – that was it. Our summers were, were spent in, in arenas playing lacrosse and then winters spent in arenas playing hockey. And I, I, I was loving it. Like you said, the two complement each other really well. Yeah. The seasons, you know, just as hockey season was ending, you got a bit of a break before lacrosse season fired up and, and same sort of thing. There was never any overlap. And, uh, it was nice. I don't know. Some of the hockey parents are a little crazy these days with just <laughs> hockey 365. Yeah, yeah. And I, I like to have in my summers off from hockey and, and getting to play lacrosse and uh, kind of have a little bit of separation there. And how far how far did you go in hockey? Because I, I think you got to a pretty high level, if I recall. Um, I uh, Yeah, I played junior tier two, and then I went and I played uh, college hockey at Western Ontario. And then... Um, much to the thrill of Coach Derek Keenan, I uh, I actually went back and played a a fifth year of uh, university hockey at Western <laughs> a couple of years ago while I did my master's. Wow. So wow, that was uh, yeah. I think I got the I had the record that year for oldest player I in uh, in university hockey. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, it's funny. It's funny you mentioned T-ball. Like my my dad was a real big-time baseball player, like won a college World Series and, and played AAA oh, cool. for the Yankees. And so he really wanted me to play baseball. But I, I tried baseball probably after, you know, playing lacrosse for three or four years. And, like, I, you know, standing out in right field, I just, like, I would be staring at him in the stands, like, why are you making me do this? Like, I, this is awful. Like, I just want to go hit somebody right now. So the baseball career didn't last uh, too long for me either um big year coming up here chris obviously not the the finish to the year that that the boys were looking for last year with that first round exit to to colorado um and and that just happens to be our our first opponent this season um i i know expectations are, are to win the cup every year but i think more so than than any of this year like this is going to be a a real motivated rush team coming off of what has to be considered a, a disappointing year last year yeah, you hit the nail on the head there. It's we're we're coming into this season with a chip on our shoulders. Um, we're yeah, we're out to prove something, and I love that we get to start the season this year against the team that put us out. Uh, it's a chance to sort of make amends for what happened last year and uh, get a little payback against the Mammoth. You've gone through three weeks of training camp now. the The first one in Saskatoon, uh, then you come to the West Coast uh, through Langley and get a couple of exhibition games in against Vancouver in, in San Diego, and then uh, back into to your neck of the woods in Toronto for the third and, and final week in uh, in a game against Toronto. I would say that opening game against San Diego, where Derek said you guys didn't play all that bad, just kind of ran into a hot goaltender, and then. Uh, a bit of a weird one against Van- <clears throat> excuse me against Vancouver where we went up and then they went on like a big eight goal run or something then then the rush went on a seven goal and that was kind of a, an odd game but you come out on top of that one and then followed it up with a, with a nice win over the rock I don't want to put too much stock into to scores in the exhibition and I'm sure you don't either and and I I don't really need you to to comment on the games but where I'm going <laughs> here is out of the the new guys that there around and, and Robinson and and Murphy and 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 Garland who we're going to talk to next. Um, tell me what you saw to these guys and are they ready to to play in the National Lacrosse League? 
Uh, yeah, well, so we've, we've, we've got lots of preseason action, which has been good. Um, and it's a great opportunity to evaluate these guys. Obviously last season, it was a bit of an abbreviated, right. uh, preseason with the schedule. So it was a little bit tougher, but, um, so I'll start with, with our first pick Holden. He's, uh, he's been fantastic. He's a guy that will come in and immediately log some pretty big minutes for us. Uh, he'll probably get some special teams in there, some last minute stuff as well. Um, he's a guy I was able to play with in Brooklyn, uh, for at least one season we overlapped and, uh, he, he, he's just a guy that's immediately comfortable in the system. He's familiar with our defensive scheme. He's vocal, which is really sounds simple, but it's actually tough for a lot of young guys, especially for them to, to come in and, and be loud and be able to communicate, um, you know, at as much as they sort of need to, a lot of guys come in and they're shy and they feel a little uncomfortable, but he's right in there and he's, he's fitting in well. And, um, with him being a lefty, I'm going to, I'm going to end up playing a lot with him. So, uh, we're really happy with him so far. Uh, Justin Robinson, uh, another young lefty athletic guy. Uh, he's shown a lot of promise and potential, um, able to, to break the ball out. Um, he's going to be a threat in transition, um he's got a little bit more learning than holden as far as getting used to the scheme but he's going to be a guy that's going to be a a mainstay uh for the for the rush defense for for a little while and then uh who else do we got Uh, up front we got you know austin murphy and tanner thompson who are both like uh small kind of water bug type guys that uh aren't overly big or physical but they are slippery and quick and uh just a great, great demeanor with both of them, eager to learn. Uh, they seem to be fitting in well with the offense um, and learning quick. And you got to be smart to play within Jeff McComb's offense. That's our offensive coach. He's uh, he's a really smart guy, but his uh, I think his schemes are pretty uh, – I don't want to call them complicated, but, but – Yeah, you well, know, I mean, the- if, if Marco can, can figure it out, then anybody can, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, but you know these guys—they're uh, picking it up quick. So we—we've been really happy with with all our guys so far, and uh, all of, all of the new guys coming in, anyways. And uh, there's going to be some youth in the lineup. We're excited. And and I guess along with with that said, I mean, yeah, it's almost like getting two more first round picks back in your lineup, really, when you oh, think about it. And, and Jeff Cornwall and and Ryan Dilks and two guys that. Let's not kid ourselves here, Corbs. You, you you guys missed those guys dearly last year, and you could tell that there were just two gaping holes in the defense without those guys. And it's, I think it's a luxury that maybe Rush fans got used to having so many good guys. And when you take two premier defenders out of your lineup, I don't think a lot of people really realize the impact that that was going to have. But on the flip side, them coming back in, that impact is going to be a positive one coming into this year. Oh, there's no question. The I took for granted as much as the Rush fans probably did, just how good these guys are. Um, I, I mean, I always had respect for Jeff and Ryan's game, but it, you, you said it. It wasn't really until we lost them that you can truly appreciate just just the kind of impact these guys are having on on the game. Um, and then obviously with both those guys missing a full season, you know, you're, you're eager to see what they look like after a year off and man, they've both looked really good. We only got a small glimpse of Jeff, but, uh, he was all over the floor in uh, the exhibition game or the scrimmage we got to play against, uh, that was the one against San Diego. I think he played in. And then, uh, 
Dilks has been phenomenal. There's been, I can't even count the number of times I've looked on the bench while he's been out there and stripped somebody or picked off a pass or won a loose ball and ran the floor. And I'm just like, well, it's nice to have that guy back. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's literally one of the best one-on-one defenders in the game. He's, he's, he, he does it all. And I hate pumping his tires because uh, <laughs> him and I chirp each other quite a bit in the room, but I, I hope he's not listening, but he is. Well, I kind of hope he is. I want as many people listen as possible, but I know what you're saying. (laughs) What you're saying. He's it's, it's amazing. I was, I was talking about this with, uh, with a couple guys. He's, he's so sound defensively, uh, which is great, but I mean, he's also a playmaker and and you said it one-on-one he's stripping guys, but off ball, he's picking off passes. He knows when to slide. He's, he's, he's nearly perfect in our system. And, uh, He's fun to play with. He's easy to play with. And uh, I think he's going to be a big difference maker for us this year. Couldn't agree more. A couple of more minutes here with the captain of the Saskatchewan Rush, Chris Corbeil, here on Rush Hour. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, away from the game of lacrosse, Chris. I, I know, I, if I if I recall correctly, you're in the, the kind of the finance world as far as your job away from lacrosse. Yeah, that's right. Um, I work. Uh, as a controller which is like sort of uh, an accounting type role at a hedge fund slash mortgage investment corporation so yeah it's it's and you're like a wolf on wall street you're like a wolf on wall street not quite yeah that's what i uh (laughs) that's what i that's what i tell my wife but that's yeah it's really not that exciting but that's that's the occupation yeah that's what pays the bills anyways and and for for people that might not know you just kind of said it right there you are a married man off the market ladies sorry to to disappoint you um any any plans to maybe start a family in the near future chris um not the immediate future but yeah i would say the near future that's in the not too distant horizon it's something we're we're talking about and uh you know we're at that age now where our friends are yeah starting to that's usually how it works man when when the wife's best friend uh guess what i'm pregnant it's uh guess what uh chris it's time to have now it's our time exactly yeah or or the wife's sister who lives across the street that's a big one okay so okay yep yeah, I think that's I, w- I don't I wouldn't expect it for the 2020 season, but uh, maybe 2021. Sure. Well, uh, you know, try and plan that out so the the delivery is happening in the off season. That's all I can. That's all the advice I can give you there. Yeah, Derek Keenan gave me a tough time when I got married in Ju- late July because that fell during. Yeah. Uh, it was at least outside the NLL season, but right. still, he, he, he's hoping for like uh, October, November. You can really avoid everything. Coming, but, uh, coming from the guy that just got married during the World Championships and had to turn that job down to to get married. No kidding, <laughs> right? Yeah, he's well. He's changed in the last few years. He's gotten soft ever yeah, since well, he uh, he got coupled up. Yeah. I'm not going to say that, but you did right here on <laughs> Rush Hour. Hey, Chris, I'm going to let you go. Get back to your your chicken and quinoa. I I I sit beside I sit across from you on the bus on the way to the Sastel Center, and I'm always yep. I'm always uh, enthralled with your sock choice of the week so i'm going to be looking forward to that i know that's kind of a weird thing but i'm a big sock guy i think you you rock some of the best socks on the team as far as your suit ensemble goes so i look forward to to seeing what you got in store (laughs) here for 2019 2020 all right awesome yeah i I do take a lot of pride in my sock game so uh, i hope i can impress you uh opening night i'm excited looking forward to it man thanks for the time (laughs) and uh good luck down in denver colorado and we'll see you in saskatoon in mid-december 
All right, sounds good. Thanks for the chat, Jake. Have a good one. Appreciate it. That was the captain of the Saskatchewan Rush, Chris Corbeil, three-time champion. You heard it right there. He'll be in action November the 29th, this Friday, down in Denver, Colorado, as they take on the Mammoth before returning to the Sastel Center for the home opener on December the 14th. We're going to take a break here on Rush Hour, and on the other side, it's the number four overall pick, the Saskatchewan Rush's top draft pick from a year ago. It's Holden Garland here on the Rush Hour podcast, presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln in Saskatoon. Hey, Rush Nation. This is Jeff Schaller from Saskatchewan Rush. You're listening to the Rush Hour Podcast with Jake Elliott. Welcome back to the Rush Hour Podcast, presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln, your premier choice for Ford Lincoln dealers in Saskatoon. Jake Elliott, Holden Garland with me now, number four overall pick for the Saskatchewan Rush in last year's entry. Well, this year, but just a few months ago. Mr. Holden Garland was picked. Holden, uh, thanks for doing this, man. Welcome to the Rush, and welcome to Rush Hour. Yeah, thanks for having me, Jake. Well, uh, my pleasure, man. Uh, I want to introduce you here to Rush Nation, who obviously are eager to get to know you. So one of the first things I always kind of like to ask guys the first time that I talk to them is, how did you get your start playing lacrosse? I started when I was pretty young. Uh, I want to say I was around three years old. Uh, my brother's 18 months older than me, so I always saw him uh, him playing, and I probably pouted to my mom and dad and begged them to let me play, so... When, I, when they eventually let me, I just uh, stuck with it. And it brought me here, so I couldn't be happier. And and speaking of your your brother Holden, and and you know you can you can tell me this this is offside if you want, or you'd rather not talk about it if if you don't feel like it, uh, because I know it's it's probably a tough subject for you. But I was scrolling past your your Twitter timeline. By the way, it's it's uh, mandatory for all rookies on the rush to to follow yours truly. So I know you haven't done that yet. We haven't uh, had a chance to meet in person, but I'll I'll give you a little break. Uh, but uh, by the time that we get to Saskatoon on December. December the 14th. I want to see that follow button hit. Uh, I'll definitely send you a follow. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, as you can tell, I'm not above pandering on, on air here for follows on Twitter. Um, but to get back, uh, your brother Hunter, obviously, I saw an article that, that he posted and, and you retweeted about uh, your late father and, and what he meant to, to his career and how he's kind of dedicated every game that he plays the game of hockey for to your late father. And, and, I don't know what happened with your dad, Holden, but maybe you can touch on that and, and just tell me what he meant to your career and how it all kind of ties in with your brother as well. For sure. Uh, he was obviously, he was, he was a great, great dad and just great person all around. Um, I think it would be going on six years now that he passed away just of a sudden heart attack. So definitely hard on my family and uh, my mom for sure. But uh, yeah, he's definitely the biggest influencer and, in, uh, not only lacrosse, but in my life. So, yeah, I've just I definitely play for him every day, and uh, he's kind of the reason I keep going. So, uh, yeah, he was uh, definitely, definitely a great person, and we miss him every day. So, Absolutely. just gonna keep carrying on his legacy and. Hopefully he's happy looking down right now. Well, I can't imagine he wouldn't be uh, watching you get drafted by the Saskatchewan Rush, number four overall. Uh, why don't we we go back to to Philadelphia and just a couple of months ago, Holden? And 
I would imagine you had a pretty good idea that you were going to land in Saskatchewan with uh, with your coach Derek Keenan from from Brooklyn, but uh, until you actually hear your name called, I, I imagine that was a probably a pretty anxious moment for you. And then once you heard it called, uh, a big relief and, and a real sense of joy. For sure, uh, that was probably one of the best days of my life. Um, like you said, I had a I had a little bit of a, of a idea, but you can never fully know. But um, I have a good relationship with uh, Coach Keenan, and when he uh, selected me fourth overall, it was just it was a huge sigh of relief. So, just so happy to be in Saskatchewan and. I uh, look forward to the season opener on Friday. Yeah, absolutely. You guys are going to get after it down in Colorado before you get home in front of Rush Nation, and uh, you're in for an experience, my friend. Uh, it'll be a good time down there in the Pepsi Center as well. They pack them in there at the Loud House. But until you get inside Sastel Center with Rush Nation cheering you on, uh, I don't think you've really experienced the National Lacrosse League like you need to uh, in front of those fans because it is uh, it's yeah. almost like an out-of-body experience how loud it gets in there. Oh, so for sure. We'll look forward to that that um we just had chris corbeal on uh before you and and he mentioned that you guys overlapped a year playing with uh the former now redmond uh, brooklyn lacrosse club now but for for rush nation i'm sure they they want to get to know you and, and know what kind of player you are you're a lefty transition guy and and put up some some decent numbers in the summer but just kind of give the rush fans an idea on what they can expect when they watch holden garland play lacrosse uh, definitely just a steady, steady D guy who likes to push the ball up in transition. Uh, definitely just, uh, I'm, I like to pride myself on my speed and my, and my smarts. So, uh, you'll just see a steady D guy out of me trying to keep the ball out of our net before putting it in, uh, the opponent's net, but definitely going to try to contribute on, uh, the offensive end with, uh, fast breaks and finishing on any opportunities I get. Are you a guy that, sets goals or expectations for yourself or do you just kind of let Jeremy Talevi and Derek Keenan say this is what we want out of you go do this sort of thing or, or are you looking to, to set some marks for yourself and, and team wise as well uh, definitely team wise I think as a team we all know that it's uh, it's championship or nothing type season it should be every year that's that's should be everyone's goal so uh, right now I'm just going to go out there and work my hardest and uh, hopefully you're in a spot in uh, every game and uh, personal goals. I just I just want to play play good night in and night out. So no uh, stats wise, nothing personal uh, set, but definitely on a team side of things, it's uh, making the playoffs and then obviously going going for it all. So that's Absolutely. what I'm. Uh, that on well you've been through three weeks of training camp now one in one in the tune one in langley one in ontario and and some exhibition action in there as well and you and you got a heavy dose of it uh what did you think about your first professional training camp i it was a lot of fun i thought uh all the guys are are great guys like you said before i've known a, a few of them from brooklyn with corbs rubes mark uh couple good guys to know when you're going into a dressing room full of unfamiliar faces, but um, it, it was a lot of fun. Uh, the, the speed's definitely a lot faster, um, but I'm just working hard and seeing uh, what I can do. I know uh, after those three weeks, I do belong, so that's kind of uh, a nice sigh of relief, but just going to keep working and trying to get better every day and uh, see what happens on Friday. I know that's going to be a whole different experience, so I'm looking forward to the challenge. Yeah, and and that's something that I've heard Derek Keenan say and and talking with Chris uh, just previous to yourself that 
that you're ready. And and that's not something that you can say about a lot of rookies that get drafted into lacrosse, the National Lacrosse League, that they're ready to play right away. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's it's the summers that you've played in Brooklyn, or did maybe Randy Mearns and Akinesius uh, help you get prepared to, to step into pro lacrosse in your rookie year? Or, or or what do you exactly think it is that makes you ready in your rookie season? I think you pretty much touched upon it all. Uh, I'd say all the above. Going to Canisius was uh, definitely one of the best experiences of my life. Getting, I got a year of uh, Randy Murns and then two years of Mark Miyashita. Oh yes, I Remember? forgot about it. now. Now yeah. that you bring that up, um, Mark Miyashita, actually a, a bit of a lacrosse legend right here in my parts. I'm from yeah. the West Coast in BC, and and Mark was a fantastic player, uh, winning Minto Cups with the Burnaby Junior Lakers, and then on with the Maple Ridge Barards as well. So um, yeah, I forgot all about Mark Miyashita getting getting back to Canisius and now being the head coach there. That's uh, you jog my memory. Thanks for that. Yeah, not a problem. Ah, uh, but no, they've uh, they've both been amazing, amazing coaches. Two different styles of not only people but also coaching styles. So it was nice to get a little bit of both of them. And then uh, going for Brooklyn, playing two years there. I think I play a lot of the guys who are in the NLL and stuff. I know the NLL is a lot faster than summer ball, but um, it definitely prepared me just being on Brooklyn and especially having a bigger role with the team this year. Uh, but I did a lot of work in, in the off season, and when I got my name called, it kind of was eye-opening to really get in the gym and start completely focusing on lacrosse and just bettering myself for the season. So I think I put in a lot of work, and looking forward to the challenge. It sounds like you got a lot of a lot of skills and a lot of attributes that are going to translate well into the program, Holden. Um, do you have maybe one or two things that you'd like to work on and improve as you as you move into the, the National Lacrosse League? For sure. I'm always working on my speed and uh, my strength. Um, there's a lot of big big guys out there, so I can't uh – I can't. I can't be uh, one of the skinnier, weaker guys. So, well, let me ask. Yeah, let me ask. Me? Let me ask you this, Holden. Um, who Who are you most looking forward to matching up against defensively, and who are you least looking forward to matching up with? Least looking forward and most looking forward. Ah, uh, I guess most looking forward to is I, I got a couple buddies that I uh, went to school with, like Connor Kiernan and guys sure. on San Diego. So. I know he's a righty, so it'll be fun playing him. But least looking forward to, uh, I played with Austin Stats in Six Nations for my last year junior, and he's uh, tough he's matchup. A tough matchup. Player. Yeah, he's tough. Ever gone up against? Ever gone up against Curtis Dixon? Uh only in the field game, not not box. Are you long pole in field? I am. Yes. Okay, that's a little advantage there. That's a little. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, and you probably need that going up against a guy like Curtis Dixon. Uh, he's definitely, he's definitely a good player. Yeah, and a tough one-on-one matchup, no doubt about it. A uh, couple more minutes here with number four overall draft pick and Saskatchewan's first pick in the 2019 entry draft, Holding Garland. Um, I'm obviously uh, an announcer with the Rush, and, and numbers and names are kind of my thing here, Holden. Um, have you decided on what number you're going to wear so Rush Nation can get there out in Saskatoon to the team store before December the 14th and pick themselves up a Holden Garland jersey? What number are they going to be sporting on their back? So originally I wanted uh, number 65. It's kind of my brother wears it. It's uh, in honor of our dad's birth year. Sure. 
but McLean's wearing that, so I transferred over to number 70, which is my mom's birth year, so now I'm going to keep that tradition going, so yeah, I'll be wearing number 70 for the rest of this and, year. And why is, now, now, why is Mac Diesel, the man rocket, uh, why is he wearing 65? I don't know. I never got the full story, so... Well, I think, uh, yeah, I don't want to, I don't want to create like an in locker room controversy here or anything, Holden, but I, I have a heart, I have a, I have a pretty good feeling if you would mention the reason that you wanted to wear 65, I don't think Mr. McLean would have any, uh, queries or, or qualms about giving up that number for you. So that may be a conversation you want to have. I know he. W- I know he wouldn't have any problem with it. But for this year, I'm going to do number seventy, and then uh, no, I don't want to take any away. Any, yeah, I don't want to take anything away from Mrs. Garland. Don't, don't, don't get me wrong. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> She'll feel left out. Yeah, no, I, I want her on my side when I'm up in the booth there for sure. Well, hey, Har- uh, Holden, I appreciate your time, man, and I'm super excited to to watch you get out there and, and pull on a rush jersey and and play uh, your first game against Colorado coming up this Friday. I can't believe it. you you got to be, like, ultrally excited, and I don't know how much sleep you're getting right now, but I can imagine yeah. the emotions and, and the, the excitement that's going through you here leading up to, to Friday night in Denver. That's That's got to be – that's got to be – I mean, it's something I never went through as a as a rookie in the National Lacrosse League, but I can only imagine the feelings that you must be having leading up to a game like that. Oh yeah, it's definitely uh, it's excitement right now, but come uh, come late Thursday night, it'll definitely be nerves setting in. So just got to find a way to, to calm those nerves and just play my game. And and I like, are you one of those kind of guys that once the the whistle goes that? You know what I'm saying? The crowd kind of disappears. The noise goes quiet. and For sure. Yeah, I mean, you kind of block all that out, and it's just lacrosse, and it's something you've done your entire life. Yeah, for sure. I, I've i never played in a crowd like uh, SAS, but we'll see how the Colorado one is, and uh, hopefully I can block them out and just play my game. Yeah, I think it's going to be great for you to start out on the road in, in a place like Colorado. Well, hey, best of luck. I'll be watching. I know Rush Nation will be watching as well, and uh, I look forward to, to shaking your hand and meeting you in person in Saskatoon in the middle of December. Thank you very much, Jake. I look forward to it as well. Appreciate it. That was Holden Garland, number four overall pick. He'll be in the Rush lineup Friday the 29th in Denver, Colorado, as the Rush take on the Mammoth. And you can watch it all on BR Live. Don't forget to sign up for your subscriptions. First couple of weeks of the season are free, and then you got to sign up if you want to watch the Rush on the road, if you're not going to be in person at Sastel either. All right, one final break to come here on Rush Hour, and we'll wrap this thing up and get you set. For the season opener for the Saskatchewan Rush, you're listening to the Rush Hour podcast presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln. All right, welcome back to the Rush Hour podcast. Jake Elliott here with you for a couple of more minutes uh, for episode number one of season number two. Thanks for hanging with us. Thanks to Holden Garland and Chris Corbeil for those great conversations. I really hope you enjoyed them. Well, not much time left here, but uh, obviously the season gets going Friday the 29th in Denver, Colorado. And as we all know, the Mammoth ended the rush season just a year ago, and I know there's still some bad taste in the mouth of all those rush players, so I expect a, a real good effort coming out on Friday night, and I'm looking at 
all the rosters that were released earlier today as I record here on a Monday. And that I don't want to take anything away from the Mammoth because I think they're going to be a solid team and they're going to be in the playoff mix. But fighting a couple of injuries right now, and in particular on the offensive side, on the left-hand side with no Chris Wardle or Jeff Wittig, and it's Eli McLaughlin and then three other rookies on that left side. And I think that's a real area that the rush can take advantage of defensively with those right-handed checkers and Messenger and Rubish. I think they're, they're going to have a field day against uh, a few rookies of the Mammoth on that left side. Uh, and that's no disrespect to them. It's just something, if you're looking for areas to exploit, I think that's one there that's a clear advantage for the rush with their experienced defensive core going up against a very inexperienced offensive core could prove to be a big time advantage for Saskatchewan. We'll see how it all plays out as the rush will return home December the 14th for the season opener. Don't forget fans. It's not too late to still sign up for season's tickets. If you haven't done that, I strongly suggest you do so. Head down to the team store, grab some merchandise, pick up your season's tickets, and then you get yourself a fifth anniversary jersey to go along with it. That's going to do it here for episode number one of season number two of the Rush Hour podcast. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back in December, and we'll get you up to date on everything that's happened from right now until... Well, I'm thinking probably just before Christmas is when I'll be back, and then we'll take a little break for the holidays. I'll be cranking these things out once a month, so uh, set your calendars. I don't know the exact dates that'll be coming out, but just keep an eye out on your social media channels for the Rush Hour podcast presented by Merlin Ford Lincoln in Saskatoon. Thanks for listening. A big thanks again to Chris Corbeil and Holden Garland for stopping by. And we'll see you December the 14th in Saskatoon Rush Nation. Can't wait. But for now, we got to go for the fastest game on two feet. And for the creator, enjoy the games, everybody.